Welcome to the United Soccer Coaches Podcast, presented by Team Snap and hosted by veteran soccer broadcaster Dean Linky. Uniting coaches at every level of the game around the love of the game. We are United Soccer Coaches. Now, here's our host, Dean Linky. I am Dean Linky, and I'm as happy as can be. It's August. We're one week away from United Soccer Coaches releasing the preseason rankings for college soccer. College soccer will begin. That means we'll be coming to you every single week right through the convention here on United Soccer Coaches podcast presented by Team Sep. I cannot wait. Okay, I just told you next week, United Soccer Coaches will release the preseason rankings for D1, D2, D3 junior college men and women all of it under the auspices of United Soccer Coaches that's how it's been forever right well to get it done you also have to have national chairs for D1 men D1 women and on and on we go so we thought it would be good to get you excited about next week's release of the preseason rankings where we'll talk to some of the coaches listed at number one was to talk to you how they put it together so Chris Norris he has been the head coach at the College of William and Mary the tribe and in Williamsburg, Virginia for 15 years, been with that program as a player or an assistant for 27 years. He followed the footsteps of Al Albert getting involved with United Soccer Coaches. He's the D1 men chair. He'll kick things off. Then we'll move to D2 and the women's chair is Steve Kim. He's been the only head coach for Northern State out in Aberdeen, South Dakota, their women's programs since they began in 1998. And he also jumped in early as a regional chair. And since 2013, he's been the national chair for the national rankings for United Soccer Coaches. Steve Kim will join us. And then, you know what, just to stay current and just to put a nice little bow on the interview I had with Paul Riley, the head coach of the North Carolina Courage. I told you then that he was the head coach of the best women's pro team in the world. I also told you unabashed that Paul Riley, in my opinion, is one of the best coaches, men or women, in all of North America. Well, what did the North Carolina Courage do? They went down to Miami, missing six starters, five with the U.S. national team, one with Brazil. They beat PSG and they beat Lyon, arguably, at the time, the best club team in the world, loaded with international stars. He beat them both, missing all of those players. So yes, the North Carolina Courage are the best women's pro soccer club in the world. Mike Waitola, longtime executive editor for Soccer America. He was there. He covered it. And he will put a capper on that fantastic win for the North Carolina Courage, for NWSL, and for women's soccer in this country. Here we go. And we do it after this message from our presenting sponsor, Team Snap. Want 15 extra hours each week? Team Snap can help give it to you. Their customers save tons of time every week on communication, registration, scheduling, and more. Bring your club or league into the 21st century with Team Snap. Go to teamsnap.com slash NSCAA1. United Soccer Coaches is proud to partner with College Fit Finder, the solution for your proactive recruiting process. College Fit Finder is awarding four one-year memberships to deserving United Soccer Coaches, members, and their clubs. Each award is valued at $4,200 and gives the club access to College Fit Finder services free for one year. The registration deadline has been extended to August 15th, and you can apply online at unitedsoccercoaches.org or contact Development Office Amanda Mitchell at amitchell at unitedsoccercoaches.org with any questions. 
You know it. This is the United Soccer Coaches Podcast presented by Team Snap. And as promised in the open, we are just one week away from United Soccer Coaches releasing the preseason rankings for D1 men and women, D2 men and women, D3 men and women, even junior college. Everybody, in fact, but the NAIA. And with the rankings coming out next week, we wanted to get you ready and meet some of the folks that are behind the scenes doing all kinds of work and that is the national chairs of the rankings committees for United Soccer Coaches. And, of course, they have one for D1 men, D1 women, D2 women, D2 men, and on and on we go. So we start today's show with the national chair of the rankings committee for the United Soccer Coaches, none other than Chris Norris, now in his 15th season as the head men's soccer coach at the College of William & Mary. You know it, the tribe, of course, replacing the legendary L. Albert, who has been a fixture with the United soccer coaches forever and there you go Chris Norris stepping right up in a leadership role and he joins us now Chris thanks for being with us my pleasure Dean thank you how long have you been the national chair of the rankings committee for D1 men it's a good question I, I think it's probably going on seven or eight years now I mentioned that tie-in with Al Albert. I mean, you probably learned right away from him because, you know, you played there. You were assistant coach forever, 27 years as a coach or player at the College of William & Mary, which, by the way, folks, if you haven't been to Williamsburg and the College of William & Mary, you go one time and you know why you stay. It's just a fantastic place with fantastic people. But I got to believe there's a story somewhere in there where Al said, hey, you got to check out the then-named NSCAA and get involved. Yeah, in fact, uh, he got me involved when I was still playing for him, uh, not as a member just yet, but when the, the convention was in Washington, D.C. in the early 90s, uh, they were looking for people to go and work the, uh, I think it was Umbro at the time was the NSCA sponsor, and, and he got me and a couple of other guys involved working the vendor booth at uh, that particular convention. Uh, I thought it was one of the more amazing things that I've seen in terms of people of all different soccer backgrounds getting together and enjoying the game and uh, been a member ever since I finished college. Well, there you go. So member, and then when did you first start and get involved in these leadership roles? Maybe you were involved with regional rankings at one point before taking over the chair. I mean, has it been a long, long time? Yeah, uh, you know, service was always something that, that Al stressed, and he continues to serve uh, the United Soccer Coaches. Um, he got me involved, you know, helping him out. I think uh, at first he was doing some regional All-American stuff, which I was involved with for a number of years once he retired. I inherited some of these positions actually from him. And, uh, you know, I, I, I enjoy it. it. It keeps me uh, plugged into, you know, the, the whole college soccer scene a little bit more so than I probably would otherwise. All right. Well, talk about uh, the job and how it works. You know, you've got the regional chairs. I mean, break it down on how we, you know, start with the preseason rankings and how we deal with the changes every week. I mean, get kind of give us uh, the best you can a Cliff Notes version of how it all comes together, Coach. Sure. Uh, our national committee is made up of, of 23 members, 23 voting members, and, uh, those 23 members represent the 23 men's division one conferences that we currently have. <clears throat> uh, a lot of, you know, folks that are, are big names in, in college soccer guys that have been around for a long time and really been great for the game. And, uh, they vote weekly. Um, their votes are, are in part based on the work of our regional committees. We have eight regional committees and, uh, those committees are, are chaired, you know, by one of the, 
the conference members from those regions, and they put out a weekly top ten. About probably 24 hours later, the national poll comes out. And, uh, again, it's, I think, 12 to 13 weeks throughout the college season, starting with our preseason poll. And as it gets closer to tournament time, is there any kind of synergy with what the NCA is thinking and the rankings? I would think there is, but can you kind of break that down for us? I know they look at RPI and everything else, but you'd like to think, uh, I would guess, Chris Norris, that you're hoping the way the seeds line up are pretty close to way your, the way your rankings end up, right? Yeah, of course. You know, in order to maintain legitimacy, and I think that, that we do, you know, our, our, uh, our poll is – voted on entirely by coaches, which doesn't mean necessarily that it's not flawed. Obviously, um, it's, it's an inexact process. But, you know, we are guys that are, are really plugged in. We're watching our opponents. We're playing all the teams, you know, in our conferences, certainly, and, and in a lot, of time, a lot of cases, our region as well. Um, so we have a, a pretty good idea, you know, who the best teams are, and hopefully people are, are voting with integrity. Um, as the NCAA starts to release RPI information uh, in either late September or early October, that becomes a piece of, of our information gathering as well when we are casting our votes. So it's not, it's not a, a directive that we follow the RPI or anything like that. We're taking all of the information that we have out there, including the RPI, and, and voting you know, our national top 25. So uh, I think it's been pretty accurate you know, in recent history. Well, and one of the great things as well is you guys seem to early on recognize the merits of teams outside of the Big Five, recognizing what Western Michigan has done, taking on some Big Ten schools and knocking them down a peg and obviously being competitive in their own conference. And that's just one example of several that are out there now in men's Division One soccer. Right, Coach? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think, you know, there's such parity in college soccer, and uh, we try to celebrate that, certainly, by recognizing schools that are having fantastic seasons that uh, are not necessarily either traditional powers or, or uh, schools that, that participate in the Power Five conferences. So, um, you know, it's a really – it's a great community of people that are involved in in uh, college soccer, and I think we we were all just really wanting to recognize great work. This is a tougher question, but you know you mentioned that um, you know there could be a flaw here or there, but for the most part, it's worked really well. What's the best thing about how the rankings come together, coach? And from where you sit, what's maybe one thing you'd like to work on, or maybe better said, one thing that you know a lot of the coaches are, for lack of a better word, whining about when it comes to the rankings. I mean, the best thing I think nowadays is the fact that there is so much information available. You know, things. Obviously, we're sitting here today doing a podcast on soccer. I mean, you know, if you talked about that uh, when I was playing, first of all, podcasts didn't exist. Nobody would have known, <laughs> right. you know, what was going on. It was really much more difficult. You you had a better feel uh, or you had a good feel for, you know, who was in your region and who was doing well. But, but once you got outside your region, you really didn't have a feel for what teams were like other than just being able to compare scores. And now – you know, everybody's streaming games. You know, you've got, you've got people like yourselves that are, are providing information on college soccer, doing a great job of keeping people updated and, and uh, tracking great stories like a Western Michigan from last year that you mentioned earlier. And, and you know, I think that, that that part of it right now is, is the greatest thing about our process. Um, 
How do we make it better? We're actually taking some steps this year to improve things. Uh, we had an opportunity. The NCAA has changed their regions for the purposes of, of uh, selecting NCAA tournament participants. And we saw that at the United Soccer Coaches National Rankings Committee. We saw that as an opportunity to kind of do an overview of our process and come up with some ideas to better things. So one of the things that we're doing this year, which we think will have much greater tie-in and ownership, is having all of our national voters serve on their particular regional committees. Um, and in some cases, they will be the chairs as well. Um, I will be the chair of, of the East, East Regional Rankings Committee. Jamie Franks is the national voter for his conference out of the University of Denver and will be the regional chair for his region as well. Um, and just having that tie-in, which hasn't always been the case, I think will we'll add uh, greater credibility to our rankings process. Well, one of the things that uh, certainly got to keep an eye on with the rankings, particularly with the parity and getting way outside of the Power Five, is the fact that uh, so many of these programs, including the College of William and Mary, they are taking on the big dogs. I mean, Coach, are you kidding me? North Carolina, NC State, Maryland, Coastal Carolina, uh, Old Dominion, you know, which is obviously, you know, the Derby rivalry there, James Madison, Virginia Tech late in the season before you're even wrapping it up, and, I, and I'm missing some big games as well. That's a ridiculous schedule, Coach. Yeah, you know, you mentioned Al earlier. That, that's something that, uh, that I learned from Al working with the business assistant. You know, we, we always feel like the kids that we recruit want to challenge themselves uh, against the best players and teams that are available. And so, you know, we, we try to set up a schedule every year that, that really stretches us to our maximum. And, and, you know, when things work out for us and we perform well, that having that kind of schedule puts us in a position to be considered for an at-large bid as, as well. So, you know, it's, it's just something that we've always tried to do as a program. We're fortunate that geographically we live in an area where we can get games with a lot of these teams and, and it doesn't blow up our budget. So um, as long as those teams will continue to play us, we'll, we'll continue to put together schedules like that. Despite all the parity, Stanford has done something that I really didn't think was possible in today's era, and that is when back-to-back-to-back national championships. Final question here, talk about you know their success because to go through that season and then the grind of the tournament and then the pressure of the championship game and do it three in a row talk about that but then also talk about the fact that you think uh we're going to see teams outside of the power five actually win national championships here very soon yeah look jeremy gunn at stanford and and his staff uh, they've done an amazing job jeremy's been successful everywhere he's been and uh you know to have uh to be at a place like Stanford with with uh, some amazing resources, facilities, you know, the opportunity to attract kids from all over the country to a great academic institution as well as an athletic power, um, it, it is pretty remarkable what he's done. You know, it does, despite the parity, it harkens back a little bit to the UVA days of Bruce Arena in the in the '90s, and um, you know, I don't think it'll continue indefinitely. Certainly, there are a lot of good people out there doing great jobs and, and will challenge Jeremy and the Stanford program for sure. But, uh, yeah, I think that day is coming where you'll see a non-Power 5 team win a national championship. There are, are some great programs. You know, you mentioned a program like Coastal Carolina that we've been playing consistently on our schedule, and Sean Docking's done a great job there. Uh, they are, you know, competitive nationally every year, and one of these years I'm sure that, that they're going to, 
going to break through. I mean, Jeremy almost did it with Charlotte, you know, getting to the final and losing to North Carolina. So it, it, it'll happen sooner rather than later, I'm sure. Chris Norris, top man, College of William & Mary. I'll actually have that call against NC State on the ACC Network on September 3rd, Coach. So I will see you in Raleigh, North Carolina. Always looking forward to calling your games. You always give us great access as well, including the great access you gave us today on the United Soccer Coaches podcast. Coach, good luck this season, and thanks for all you do for the United Soccer Coaches. Thanks a lot, Dean. Okay, Chris Norris, the chair for Division One Men's Soccer for United Soccer Coaches National Ranking. How about we move to D2? Steve Kem, he has been the head coach since the inaugural season of Northern State D2 Women, located in Aberdeen, South Dakota. And he has been involved as either a regional chair or the national chair for D2 Women, which he took over in 2013. We'll hear from Steve Kem after this message. Looking for ways to improve your training sessions? Quick Goal has supplied the highest quality soccer goals, seating, field, and training equipment for over 30 years. From backyards to the world's greatest pitches, Quick Goal has products essential for every level of the game. As an official partner to the United Soccer Coaches and technical partner to U.S. Soccer, Quick Goal knows what equipment you need to take your game to the next level. Visit quickgoal.com to satisfy all your equipment needs. Welcome back to the United Soccer Coaches Podcast presented by Team Snap. I want to thank Chris Norris, the fine head coach for the William & Mary men's soccer team. He's the national chair for D1 men's rankings. And as I told you off the top, what we're doing is getting ready for the start of the college soccer season. Next week, all of the preseason rankings for every division, with the exception of NAIA, are going to be released. Of course, we'll break that down. We'll talk to quite a few coaches at every level, men and women. And to kind of set the table, we're talking to the folks that kind of spearhead the national rankings on behalf of the United Soccer Coaches. And in the case of Division II women, Steve Kem, who has been the national chair since 2013, continues to do that role. He joins me now. We'll get a little bit more into what Steve Kem does as well as his job. But Steve, first off, you've been the top man there doing this since 2013, so it must not be that bad of a job. No, it's actually quite interesting. It's a lot of fun and, it, you know, from year to year, there will be different things that pop up, but overall it goes pretty smooth. And the national office and Pat do such a good job, it's actually pretty low maintenance. Well, Steve Kem is the head coach of the Northern State Wolves women's soccer team. He's held that job since their inception back in 1998, which is pretty awesome. First of all, tell us, everybody, about where Northern State is and why you've been there so long, Coach. Northern State is in Aberdeen, South Dakota, which is northeastern South Dakota, and I've been here just because I think there's no better place to be, the university, the school, the support we receive from it playing at Division Two in a great conference, the Northern Sun Intercollegiate. It's just been a fantastic experience for me, and I think it's been that way for most of the kids that played for us, and something I fell in love with and really, really enjoy. All right, before we get back to your role as the National Chair for rankings, tell us about some of the best moments so far in your career at Northern State since you've been there since 1998. Wow, there's been so many. I mean, I could measure it in wins and losses, but I think I'd probably more measure it in the accomplishments of the alumni and and everything that they have going on in their lives and all they've become. And I, I just, there's just too many to list. I think, what are we on a 10 minute segment here? I could go on for days. So I would just say just, you know, the, the education that, that they're provided here at Northern state, what they do with that and you know, where they go on from there and what they are today. Those are definitely the highlights of my career. 
All right, that's a great answer. So obviously, right away, you must have uh, you know, become in touch with the NSCAA, now named United Soccer Coaches, because you've you know, taken on this leadership role. When were you first exposed to then-named NSCAA, now United Soccer Coaches? Well, in the 90s, um, you know, through coaching education and doing some of their diplomas and other things, and, and then being a part of uh, you know, the college game, those regional rankings, your team's involved in it. And, you know, in my younger years, always feeling like, you know, that was something that I'd like to be a part of. And the opportunity to be a region chair presented itself probably in the mid-2000s. And I did that for quite a few years. Actually, you know, now that I look back, I'm, I apologize. I was a member of the region rankings committee, and then I became the head of the region. And then from there, it, it uh graduated into being this national chair so it's one of those things i don't necessarily think there's a problem with it but as you can imagine with any ranking system as it is with most politics somebody's always complaining about the system and what happens with it and i guess i just made a decision that i'd rather be a part of the solution than a part of the problem and took on what I could, and we try to do the best job we can. Well, let's talk about the job a little bit, uh, because as we already mentioned, you keep coming back to do it. What are some of the kind of intricacies of being the national chair and getting everybody together to get some sort of agreement on the rankings? You know, I'll tell you what, it's a lot easier now than it was when we started. I mean, so much of it's electronic now, and, and so many people can just submit everything and drop and drag, and it can be calculated through spreadsheets. But I think the biggest challenge is finding, you know, eight reliable regional chairs, which we currently have in place, and then they have their committees, and their calls happen sometime between Sunday at 5 p.m. and Monday at 9 a.m., getting all those regional rankings in, and then after the regional rankings are in, the eight region chairs are exposed to the national rankings, and then getting those guys together and having them place their votes, and it all goes into the national office, and then it comes back out. So the biggest challenge, I guess, is probably just finding guys that, you know, are reliable and will put in the time understanding that's a volunteer position is something you have to do because you care and want to make sure it's done right. And again, right now we have eight great people in place, so it's pretty exciting. Obviously, one of the goals with the rankings is to, you know, be able to push forward toward the NCAA tournament. Talk about uh, any synergy with the NCAA. Are they relying on your rankings? Do they not even look at it? What can you tell us about that as you get ready at the end of the season for the tournament, Coach? Well, I'll tell you what, we have probably seven, maybe eight rankings come out before the NCAA does. And what I tell all our region chairs, and I can only speak for what we're doing here with Division Two women, is that we would really like ours to mirror theirs. And generally speaking, they do. Obviously, sometimes, you know, they're off a little bit. But for the most part, we feel like we generally end up with the same top eight teams as the NCAA. And, and that's what you want, because people are looking at those rankings and kind of relying upon them. And you know, for the people that aren't big soccer people, it's not much difference than basketball's March Madness. You kind of got to fall in the top eight there if you want to get a shot at moving forward. And, and that is the objective for us is to try and really mirror that NCAA poll and give people the knowledge that they need. All right, let's talk a little bit of D2 women's soccer and women's soccer in general. Here you go. You've been the head coach of the women's soccer team at Northern State since 1998. I sit right in the heart of women's soccer. I live in Chapel Hill. You've got the North Carolina Courage. They just won the International Champions Cup. I call their games. I watch the USA play in the Four Nations Cup as well. And all of a sudden you look at women's soccer across the country and it just seems like it's simply amazing. Talk about D2 place for developing these young women? I think it has a great place and you know oftentimes 
in women's soccer, the better players do come through the college ranks, which, you know, obviously in the men's game, especially when you go international, that's not the case. So I think in terms of developing players at Division Two, that happens. I know that there's currently a player, you know, with the Washington Freedom that played in our league. And I think, you know, in Division Two, there's more of maybe a balance in Division One, but there's some spectacular athletes and there's some kids that come in. And I think the main thing, just like it would be in any other division, is get these kids in here and get them out of here in four years with a degree. And, you know, I'm getting a little older now, I'll tell you, in, in the 80s, getting a bachelor's degree obviously was quite an accomplishment, and I'd say that it still is today. But I feel like that bachelor's degree in 2018 has almost become like the high school diploma was in the 70s, and I'd say 95% of our kids go on to grad school from here and the playing career is over. But as far as developing them, I think it's more, you know, about creating a positive experience and prepping them for their next stage in life. Well, and with that, you know better than anybody the merit of getting out of college, not only with that degree, but to be able to say, hey, I played a sport in college. I was a leader. I was part of a team. That goes a long way to a future employer. Yeah, I think so. I think what I always tell our kids is, listen, at the end of the day, if you're sitting in a stack of resumes and you have the same GPA as someone else who didn't play a sport in college at the minimum, they know that you're probably a little bit better at managing your time. So it provides some great advantages to you and obviously the teamwork piece and working within the dynamic of a group. So I think it's an invaluable experience. And, you know, I mentioned a little bit earlier, but when we get together, you know, when one of the former players gets married or something comes up or we have an alumni game, to be fair, nobody's really talking about the wins and the losses. They're talking about the experience and what they're doing with their lives today. And that's probably the most rewarding piece. I love it. All the way from Aberdeen, South Dakota, the head women's soccer coach since 1998 of the Northern State Wolves, Division Two women, and he's the national chair for the United Soccer Coaches National Rankings for D2 Women. He's held that job since 2013, and according to Steve Veal, we hope that he keeps holding it because he's doing a great job. Steve Kem, thanks so much for being with us on the United Soccer Coaches podcast. We appreciate it, Coach. Thanks for having me. We'll look forward to a great season for everyone. Yeah, and including the Wolves as well. Coach Kem, we'll be back with more after this. By being a member of the United Soccer Coaches, you are a part of the world's largest network of soccer coaches. Here, you can find coaches who are passionate about bettering themselves and their players. Go to unitedsoccercoaches.org to find out more. Now, once again, here's our host, Dean Linky. Welcome back to another edition of United Soccer Coaches Podcast presented by Team Snap. We are getting you ready, setting the table for the unveiling of next week's preseason rankings for college soccer, D1, D2, D3, even junior college. It was great to spend time with Chris Norris, the top man at the College of William & Mary. He's the chair for the D1 Men National Rankings, as well as Steve Kem. He is the chair for D2 Women's Rankings and the only head coach that Northern State has ever known out there in Aberdeen South. Dakota. Well, look, we got to keep you current, right? And a couple of weeks ago, you heard me. I was over the top about Paul Riley, Dean Linky style. I can't help it. Uh, when I see something that's great, I like to tell people about it. And I'm telling you, this man is great. And I think he proved it again, as well as his team, when the North Carolina Courage won the first ever women's edition of the International Champions Cup down in Miami. They did it, folks. And that was without six stars. 
starters. Now, making that transition to great, Mike Waitola has always been a great guest. He's been a great executive editor at Soccer America for so long, and he was covering the International Champions Cup. And he's here, I hope, to put that stamp on what I'm talking about when I say the North Carolina Courage are the best team in the world, and Paul Riley, arguably one of the best coaches in this country as well, men or women. He was there in Miami. He joins me now. Mike, thanks for being with us. Oh, it's my pleasure, Dean. Thank you for the kind words. Um, you know, this was a very intriguing tournament because in women's soccer, you really don't have the equivalent of what the men have at a FIFA Club World Cup. So, you know, we're used to kind of rating international soccer based on national teams when, of course, clubs are kind of a different type of situation with players from different countries on the same team. And in Europe, you've got the Women's Champions League, uh, UEFA Champions League, and Lyon has been the champion of that for three years in a row. So the uh, ICC put on this 14 tournament in Miami to be a bit like a World Club Championship. And as you mentioned, the North Carolina Courage uh, ended up winning 1-0 in the final half um, against Lyon, which um, Lyon is a terrific team. So, um, you know, a very big win for the NWSL team. Yeah, very big win. I mean, might even be the understatement because, look, I get that they're in preseason, right? But they're loaded with national team stars from every country short of the U.S. at the moment, including Canada and Japan and France, and the list goes on and on and on. Yeah, they're in preseason, but hey, the North Carolina Courage were missing six starters, and not just six so-so starters, five members of the U.S. national team, one member of the Brazil national team, and they still won the darn thing, Mike. Yeah, what's interesting about the, the, that game was you mentioned the six players that the, the, the Courage was missing, and, and you know the five U.S. players, and then the Brazilian Um on Thursday night, when the tournament started and uh, Leon beat Manchester City uh, 3-0 and you had uh, the Courage beating Paris Saint-Germain 2-1, well, the Courage was missing its national team players, but on the Leon team, you had the Japanese captain, um, Saki Kumiyagai, who uh, was playing for Japan. I'm sorry, she was playing for Leon while Japan was playing in the United States. So that's how serious Leon took the tournament. That they preferred to have her there getting ready for the season and playing in that game than playing for Japan against the United States. So um, you're right. I mean, if you look at the list of the 10 nominees for FIFA player of the women's player of the year um, for 2018 coming up, uh, six of them are Leon players. All right, so Mike, get on the bandwagon, please, because you've got a big pulpit. It's a giant-sized pulpit you have there. I don't know how much time you spent with Paul Riley. I've been lucky enough to be around him the last couple years here as the voice of the North Carolina Courage. The man is legit. The players buy in. He does everything right. I'm telling you, the guy is a phenomenal coach and a great human being. I will be giving him a call soon uh, on that recommendation, Dean. Um, and, uh, you know, one thing I do want to mention is that the potential for this tournament, I think, is great. Um, they did it kind of on the fly. They, they, I think they wanted to get it going, so you didn't have the, the fan support. Fortunately, you had a national um, television audience on ESPN, too. So um, it'll be very interesting. I think it'll be really good for teams like the Courage and all the NWSL teams and the, and the international women's soccer if, uh, you know, this continues in some form. Wait, but I need you to stay with Paul Riley, though. I mean, you've seen a lot of coaches over your day. What do you see in him that makes him so fantastic? I mean, they've lost one game this year in an ultra uber competitive league and now they go down and win this champions yeah. cup well i you know just one thing that i, that I think w- w- was impressive is you hear coaches 
unbelievably often will complain about not having players available. You know, Pep Guardiola at Manchester City on the men's side will complain, even though he's got the most expensive payroll in the world. And you didn't hear that at all from Paul Riley down in Miami. And when that coach says something like, oh, we don't have players because they're at the national team or they're in hurt or something, I just wonder what the players who are there and healthy think about that. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And I think with the with the courage, you, you had a coach who, you, when you when you when you listen to him answer questions and stuff, you realize that his 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 answers and his body language and his demeanor were all about um, supporting all of his players, you know, including the ones that were there, and we're going to get playing time maybe because the other girls, other women, sorry, the other women were with the national team. So um, definitely, that is something that that stands out. Well, and he does that even from club to national team. I mean, you talk about a guy who props up players like McCall Zerboni, at one time Taylor Smith, who's now with Washington and you know may not have a chance to get back because she's no longer with Paul Riley. So in steps Merritt Mathias, who's now getting more than a look. Of course, you know Crystal Dunn is going to be there no matter who her coach is, but I know she loves playing for Coach Riley as well. Samantha Mewis, Lynn Williams, who wasn't there, I think should be there. I think that could be a missing piece for the USA late in a game because her speed is such a difference maker. My point is Paul Riley props these players up, gets them out in front of Jill Ellis and U.S. Soccer and says, yo, get over here. Take a look at these players because they can play at the highest level. Yeah, that shows you the value of having a, a strong league and a strong club, and it also makes me think about the, uh, you know, the ability to have a national team where you have several players that play together on the same club it tends to be a formula um, that succeeds on the men and women's side. So it's, uh, you know, having a strong club, and that's part of the reason why I thought the tournament was intriguing because um, there is a limited amount of history in women's soccer of a sort of a super club type of thing, um, and uh, you know, it looks like the courage is. Uh, I was on the road to that. Okay, so with that, I did see, you know, Jessica McDonald, who's a great story in her own, you know, she's been around forever, started at junior college, went to North Carolina, won a national championship, played in all the leagues, is like number one goal scorer, if you combine all of them, and she's still out there getting it done, scored a goal in the first game down there, and she's saying, hey, this was incredible, they were greeted by a hundred or so fans when they got back, she said, you know, if we do it again next year, let's just go to a women's soccer market. Miami, a great place, but not a, not ex- exactly known as a, a women's soccer market. I thought she made a great point there because there are women's soccer markets all over this country that might have been a better choice. Yeah, so I, I agree with that. Uh, as far as the organizers go, I do believe that they're looking for a different area. I think the reason they hosted it in Miami was for the convenience of it with the uh, European teams and that they were also hosting the men's side of it. I think we can you know, easily criticize the fact that they put on this world-class women's tournament and had only a few hundred fans at the semis and only about 2,000 at the final. But I also think that maybe it, it, it was admirable that they started it off, that even though they didn't have all the ducks in the row and, they, and it wasn't going to be perfect, they said, let's get the ball rolling on this and then improve it. And I do agree, yeah, you, 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 you move forward and you look for a different market. Maybe you don't have the final at 9 p.m. on a Sunday night. Um, you know, so, but at least they, you know, they, they put their resources behind it and they got things going. So we'll see. You know, we might even see whether FIFA steps in. You know, FIFA should have an obligation to have a Women's Club World Cup, right? They have it for the men, and it, it's a very interesting type of uh, tournament. 
I'm going to make a strong recommendation that they have it at Wakeman Soccer Park in Cary, North Carolina, which always sells out the USA national team games and a heartbeat for the women. All right, back to my first yeah. point, and because um, I don't feel like I'm getting the same level on the love meter for Paul Riley. Are you going to write a story about him? Are you going to spend some time with the man? Talk to me, Mike Marcello. Yes, Dean. Yes, yes, Dean. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. I can't wait to read it because you're one of the best. Mike Waitola, executive editor with Soccer America. Thanks so much for putting a capper on the ICC and uh, what was a, a great weekend for the North Carolina Courage NWSL and really you know women's soccer in this country. Appreciate it, Mike. Hey, it's my pleasure. I always enjoy uh, being on your show and, and, and touching base and, and getting great information from you as well. Okay, that's going to cap it. So glad we put a nice little bow on what the North Carolina Courage did, especially after that fantastic interview with Paul Riley, the head coach of the North Carolina Courage. I'm unabashed. I'm a big fan. I'm also a big, big fan of college soccer. Cannot wait to get going, get back in the booth as well. United Soccer Coaches will unleash their preseason rankings next week. And today we set the table by talking to Chris Norris, top man at the College of William & Mary for men. He's the national chair for the national rankings for United Soccer Coaches, as well as Steve Kem. He's the D2 national chair for the national rankings for United Soccer Coaches, and he has been the head coach for the women's program at Northern State out in Aberdeen, South Dakota, a Division II program since they started in 1998. Next week, preseason rankings unveiled. We'll break them down right here on the United Soccer Coaches podcast presented by Team Snap. We'll see you in a week. We're going every week right through the college season. United Soccer Coaches is proud to partner with College Fit Finder, the solution for your proactive recruiting process. College Fit Finder is awarding four one-year memberships to deserving United Soccer Coaches, members, and their clubs. Each award is valued at $4,200 and gives the club access to College Fit Finder services free for one year. The registration deadline has been extended to August 15th, and you can apply online at unitedsoccercoaches.org or contact Development Office. Officer Amanda Mitchell at a Mitchell at UnitedSoccerCoaches.org with any questions. The NSCAA is now United Soccer Coaches. We aren't changing who we are, just what you call us. Start your free no-risk trial membership today. Go to UnitedSoccerCoaches.org slash join.